welcoming to episode 79 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan. I'm Luke Lipinski. We're excited. Playoffs are starting in just over a week. Mm-hmm. Before we get into all the wonderful news we have for you today, Jamie is going to remind you how you can be listening to the show that you're already currently listening to. Yes, you can listen to us and subscribe to us and leave us a, a rating or a comment on how we can improve the show and how you hate how the volume on Craig's mic, except for the last month when we, fi- we fixed that problem. On the Natural Hat Trick on iTunes, you can find us under the podcast tab at fanragsports.com. We are also on Google Play under the podcast section as the Natural Hat Trick. Pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts regularly. and uh, Or you can follow us on Twitter at the Natty Hattie. And you can see every time we have our podcast, we'll tweet it out when it goes out. We'll retweet it throughout the week. So a, a myriad of ways to, to listen to the show. A plethora, big word, cornucopia of options. Questions for us? Yes, you can send us questions yes. too. Um, we keep telling ourselves we're going to remind people that that's an option, and we're now going to be better about it. But we got a couple questions that we're going to get into uh, later on in the show. But yeah, you can, you can email in us. hour three, right? Yes, hour three. <laughs> uh, Natural Hattrick Podcast at gmail.com. That might be wrong. It's the Natural Hattrick at gmail.com. Email that instead. Or just try them both. <laughs> try multiple combinations. Maybe we'll get it. You can tweet at the Natty Hattie. Uh, those are the best ways. And yeah, seriously, like if you have a question, certainly. But if you just have like a, a, a talk topic that you want us to sort of dive into, we got a couple of those too. Um, obviously, next week's show is going to be pretty packed as a playoff preview. But we're open to stuff like that. You know, I, I, the three of us. I mean, Jamie barely contributes at all. So it's really just me and Craig coming up with ideas, and that's you know we can only come up. We're going to miss some stuff. True. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> Which part? All of it. Okay. Just leave it ambiguous. Um, we do want to start on a on a fairly somber note, though. Uh, Coyotes game coming up tonight against the Dallas Stars. Late in the season, both those teams missed the playoffs. Some key players not in the lineup for the Coyotes, but specifically Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, a guy that the three of us all know fairly well. Really, really good guy. I know there's a lot of NHL players that are really good guys, but he's at the top of the list of just truly, genuinely good people. Not in the lineup uh, tonight or for the rest of the season because of a death in the family. So you obviously hate to hear that for anybody, especially a guy like him. He just He's one of those guys that if he's hurt, he'll just play right through it and nobody will ever know. So tough to, uh, tough to hear that news for him, and we just wish him the best. Anything to yeah. add? Yeah, and his family. Tough times to go through. So yeah. Just thinking about him. Absolutely. All right, on to the... Olympic situation that we said last week on the show we didn't want to have to talk about a whole lot. Now it's now it has to be talked about because it blew up. It's uh, I think it's done. I guess that's my first question for you. Is there any way this changes in the next uh, what have we got about nine, ten, eleven months before the uh, the actual Olympics take place, or is this it? Like, are we done? There's no NHL players in the well. Yeah, there might be some NHL players in the Olympics. I, I think the simple are they are, is there going to be a CBA negotiation between now and the start of the Olympics? I don't think there is. Then that's the answer. No, this will not okay. change. This is going to be the leverage piece that the NHL wants to use to get something, whether it's money or another. Well, usually always money, but this is something. Else. This is not quite the we'll give we'll let players use marijuana and we'll have an eighteen game NFL season one one to one, but they're going to use this as a bargaining chip. If the 
there's so many ways we could start with this. I guess we need to at least lay out the principal points. And we're not we're not going to spend the whole show talking about this because I know as a consumer of hockey news and hockey talk, this is all anybody's talking about right now. So we have to hit on it, but we're going to get into the Eastern Conference, Western Conference playoff races and some, some good stuff going on around the league. But just real quick, guys, I want to get your thoughts on it. To me, this was all a reminder of, of how you've got the IOC, the NHL, and the NHLPA Three pretty stubborn business entities. entities. Yeah. And uh, I tend to side with anybody who's up against the IOC in pretty much <laughs> any debate. But uh, you had three parties coming together that are just very stubborn. And they I, don't like each other. As I mentioned to you up here, I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by the strength of the NHLPA's statement. It was released yesterday after the NHL announced that they weren't going to the Olympics. I can understand them lambasting the league, but I don't know how you leave the IOC out of your crosshairs because if, you know, the, the key word you mentioned was business. This is about money. It's always about money. If there's a greedier body than the IOC out there, I'm not aware what it is. Yeah. And they, FIFA, they haven't FIFA, made any concessions. What's that? We both said FIFA. FIFA. Okay, that's a good that's one. That's it. If we were playing Family Feud for greedy okay. governing bodies, it's the number one or number two. Survey said? FIFA. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Not back to, to real you. <laughs> yes. Well, you did for a moment, but I'm, I'm back on track. Good answer. But, with, Good but answer. the IOC didn't make any concessions here, right? It's just okay. You guys pay your own way. I almost feel like there, there's some truth. What the players are saying, it's an honor to play for your country. It truly is, and that, in an ideal world, should override everything else. But it's not an ideal world. We live in a practical world. So, when it comes to revenue, when it comes to money, that's going to matter. It's going to factor into the equation. But it almost feels like the IOC uses that, hey, it's an honor to play for your country, and yet, hey, we're all going to profit off of it. We're going to profit really well off of it, and nobody else is getting anything. Nobody's getting any part of our pot. Yeah, look, I, I think you're, you're right on. I, I know that everybody's initial reaction is to jump on the NHL and be like, how could you do this? And I understand if you're a player, you're frustrated with your league. That's fine. But for all the fans, are just anytime there's any sort of controversy, people just point at Gary Bettman and say it's his fault. And it's like, hi, welcome to being the commissioner of any professional sports. Yeah, no, you're officially why. on a dartboard, and, and he's paid well, and that's and fine. That's why he's paid. That's why all commissioners are paid yep. well. He takes the heat, not the owner. The but, owner can be the owner comes. Oh no, I'm not me. I care what you think, yeah. and then votes a different way, and then makes the commissioner take the heat. I'm going to let Alex Ovechkin play if he really wants to. Mm-hmm. That was interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah, I would be surprised. Some saying yes, some saying no. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Leonsis was at, behind the scenes was for the NHL going. But I think he said no and then comes back out later and says, you know, publicly, oh, yeah, Ovechkin can go. Well, I just, Which, again, is the smart move to play PR-wise. Yeah. How do you manage that? You let these guys go in the middle of the season, just skip some games, and it, it, it's, it's all good, dude. Yeah, it's we'll, a, it's, we'll it's keep a paying you. like Congress. Everybody oh, has, boy. Congress Jamie's has, making another Congress <laughs> reference wait, on the I'm, show. Wait, no, I don't like, want to hear this play out, actually. Go ahead. Where Congress has a very, overall, has a very low approval rating, yet the turnover is not very great. No, no, it's not my guy that's the problem. It's everybody else. How do you have a 23% approval rate? and the majority of people retain their seats. This is the same equivalency here. Or, no, 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 it's not my owner voting against it. It's everybody else's fault. It's Batman's fault. Are you doing, like, a filibustering podcast (laughs) on the side, too, that we don't know about? Um, I I used to host a political radio show on local AM radio out here. What? Really? Yeah. When I was at ASU. Did you know this? I did not. Hang on, what? 
who are we talking to I'm right speechless. now? I'm speechless. I'm speechless. This is, uh, this is just, wow, just breaking news on the podcast. Yeah. Well, Congress <laughs> reference aside, which I actually think that analogy made sense. Uh, Thank you. That's, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me on the air. And I'm, I'm so confused. I'm not that's even the sure only what nice I thing said. he's ever said to you on the air. I, yeah, the bar was low. Bar that bar was buried underground. It was. I was able to step right over it. I didn't even have to jump. Uh, the Ovechkin situation is. It's going to get. If you think about this, if you start to think of the layers, it's going to be such a mess. Because if you if you let Alex Ovechkin go. Are you going to let Nicholas Backstrom go? Well, that's the thing. When you take a look at it from team to team, there are some teams that are going to be impacted so much more than others. What are the Blackhawks going to do? You're going to let half your roster go to the Olympics and suddenly lose several games in the middle of the season? I, I don't think it's as simple as that. Owners can say that right now, but when it comes to the practical decision-making at Olympic time, those are going to be some hard decisions to make. Especially, especially when the league's against it. Let's say, yeah. for lack of a better phrase, five Blackhawks decide they want to go. How do you create roster space if the league says, no, all five of those players are on your active roster? That's the thing. How do you fill the team? The league's not going to back you at all because yeah, you're going to give you any concessions, right? Wishes. Well, but, one, or, one or two, you can figure out a way to make it work. But, but if you're going to tell one or two guys they can do it, how are you going to tell the rest of the team, no, you can't? But again, what is the getting back to your Congress point or your Gary Bettman point? No, what is the, the league but a, a collective of owners that belong to the, you know, the Board of Governors? So if the league wants to do it and make those concessions, they can do it. But do they really want to do it behind the scenes? We'll, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they, you're right. They could easily get together and they could say every team has one exception or whatever, and you can let one guy go. But then you're still risking losing your Or best just an players. exception to call up players during the Olympic break. That, that doesn't count against the cap or anything. You can do it on a one-to-one basis, a one-to-one ratio, right? You yeah. could create a concession like but that. I think we're going to see the opposite. I think we're going to see guys getting suspended if they're yeah, missing Yeah, I think games. they're going to dig their heels in on this. Yeah. I, I really do. I think if they were going to go if they were going to go that route and say, oh, you know, we'll, we'll make some special exceptions so our league can continue, uh, then I think they would have done, done that. Yeah. Already. I think they would have dig their So you're saying the more. league, i.e. the owners, really aren't in favor of letting their players go? Yeah. It makes some sense right. on some level. Look, not I, going. I get, I get both ends of the spectrum. It, on the one hand, if I'm an owner and I'm the Islanders owner, and I saw John Tavares get hurt at the last Olympics and basically just derail the entire season, I like just broke you just everything. derailed our Jeez, entire podcast. I needed that marker too. Um, you know, I, I understand how that's it's an issue. You know, if Washington lets Alex Ovechkin go and they're playing in the middle of the season, who cares? They're still going to win their division or they're going to be in second place. They'll make the playoffs. But if he gets hurt, they're done. And so that, Tavares? Well, I'm saying Ovechkin specifically. Uh, okay. uh, you're talking about Tavares too again, because well, I mean we don't even know who he's going to be playing for next that's year. That's true. But that's, that's another well, topic. Well, that's the thing too. <laughs> Whichever. It's, it's all about perception. It's you know does does a guy like Tavares say if he can't go if the owner says no you can't go without being suspended, even though odds are he's going to go to a team with an owner that wouldn't have let him go if he was on their team. Yeah, you can the use that as leverage. Perception of that guy wouldn't let me go. Does that push him out of town? Or is that part of what pushes him out of town? How does that factor in? This is why I still think... Nobody's hands are clean in this, by the way. No. Like, nobody's hands no. are clean. No, because, look, I, the, the Players Association, it's not cut and dry, but if they had said, hey, we'll extend the CBA a couple years as is, it, you let us go, I tend to think that we would be getting closer to a resolution here. Or, or the PA could say, hey, we really want our players to go. We'll pay for it. Hmm. Just nobody wants to look at it. It's outside of NHL business, right? The, yeah, the owners really don't have any requirement to pay There's for a this. Happy medium Why should they? Somewhere. There really is. Where the, we say, okay, you do something with the league, like Craig said. Okay, we'll pay for it if you agree to just 
we'll stop the league for a little bit. You don't have any of us financial responsibility for it. We'll pay for it. We'll promote and promote players as team unit, you know, whatever we want to do it to get more publicity to the league. But it, it's amazing when you hear the, the, the all the little anecdotes yeah. about the IOC, how the NHL just wanted to run some highlights from the past Olympics or have some be called a title sponsor so they could use the Olympic rings and, and the IOC just said no, shut every one of those yeah. things down. Yeah. That they to me are the most at fault here. And and yeah. I've long thought that when the NHL built up to the World Cup, that was sort of foreseeing them not sending players to the Olympics. But the closer we get to this whole situation, like Jamie said, everybody is to blame here, but mm-hmm. I tend to put the IOC at the very top. Like they're just that to me is a bigger deal than Coca-Cola sponsoring the Olympics. We're giving you our best players. We're actually giving you your product and you won't even acknowledge us. Like, that's ridiculous. But you know, it's the IOC. And you know, the network that airs all our games, we have a partnership that also airs your Olympics in the United States. Yeah. No big yeah. deal. Here, and a, a, another side to this that we, we've talked about previously is, do you want the best players? Do you want NHL players, in, or do you want this to go back to being an amateur competition, which it probably never can be. It really hasn't been for a very long time, even when we were sending our amateurs. Other countries were not. So I don't know. There's, there's a side of me that would like to see the kids compete again because it was so much fun. Miracle on Ice. That sort of thing. I think that would be great if everybody sure. could do that. Yeah. When you have like the pick and choose, where it's well, the, these two countries are sending their amateurs, but these five are sending. Yeah, their there's no way you're putting that genie back in the bottle no. where other nations are going to do it. So. And that's that. You know, we talked about this last week, and I said that my passion level for the NHL players being at the Olympics was like a two out of ten. That's why I, I wouldn't mind if it's just the best college age players in the world or whatever, but. If the U.S. is going to send their best college players and Russia's going to have Ovechkin and the best KHL players and Evgeny Kuznetsov and whoever else, mm-hmm. well, that's not an even playing field either. So the thing that... you like play, playing the Red Army again. Basically. It would be like reenacting the movie. Uh, Just on wider ice. If you look at the U.S., though, I mean, that team would have had Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, Johnny Gaudreau. Like, you're talking about not only... Not only good players, uh, the next generation of American players, assuming they took them and didn't take, like, Brandon Dubinsky over Austin Matthews. Austin Brown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything to the notion that the NHL gets marketing out of having players in the Olympics? Because I know this debate's been going for 20 years now, basically. I would need to see that proven. You know, I, I, look, I, on a very simplistic basis, they're not getting any marketing out of not going. There's no visibility then, so you're probably getting more marketing than if you're not going. But is it having a noticeable impact on the game? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't feel like that many people tuned in to watch the St. Louis Blues after T.J. Oshie had all those. Right. I think think the Olympics are a a separate event that draws interest while it's happening and very soon after it's over, unless you have something iconic like the Miracle on Ice, it fades. People are like, okay, the Olympics are over. Done. builds individuals, I think, more than it builds the NHL brand. Well, but that's something I think the NHL needs to do a better job of, is, is hyping up their individuals. And, you know, especially when Team USA and Team Canada are good. Yeah. You know, Ryan, Ryan Miller was a good goalie. He became a household name after what he did in 2010. But did how it, does it, did it help the NHL, though? Do people watch the Sabres I, after that that don't normally don't, watch I hockey? I don't think it helped them enough. Yeah. I mean, there are people that do studies on that. I don't think it helped them enough to quantify anything yeah. significant. But... You do need to build up some of your stars because the league is as its own. But you don't need the Olympics to do that. No, no, that's that's a great point. Yeah, 
because it's not the World Cup of Hockey. You're going to have Austin Matthews and you're going to have Connor McDavid center stage, but the problem, and this is not meant to sound the way it might sound, but your typical American football fan that's tuning in to watch the Olympics isn't going to suddenly be like, I'm going to watch the Edmonton Oilers from now on. No. Like if, if any of those franchise players that were drafted ever went to an American team, maybe you could hype up, hey, here's Austin Matthews, and by the way, he plays for the Rangers or the Bruins or whatever. But he's up in Canada too. So I just I don't know how much – what's your, your closest piece would be Jack Eichel because even Johnny Gaudreau is up in Calgary. So to, if you're trying to appeal to the American sports well, Buffalo fan, might as well just be Canada anyway. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much, yeah. So I don't know, but we transition to Austin Matthews here. Or do you have any more on the Olympics? I got nothing more on the Olympics. Matthews is out of his mind. Yeah, he, he is, is out of his good. mind. Thirty-nine goals. I'm losing count. I believe he's at thirty-nine as yeah. we record this. Yep. Unless he, is. he just scored while we were talking. Uh, you know, I can't. Where is he going to end up in the pantheon of American players? Is he going to be the best ever? Well, if he plays like this, yeah, his whole career, I mean, yes. If, if he keeps up anything close to what this pace is, I mean, and he's been, you know, the one thing we remarked about all season was even when he was quote unquote slumping, which was slumping for him, yeah, he was putting up a ton of shots. He was a factor in almost every single game this season, even when he wasn't scoring, and even when he was stuck with fourth liners as line mates. I mean, he has been a, a major factor in every game that he plays, and I think that, to me, is the most telling part: is he does not look out of place at all. So, I, obviously, a lot of that has to be attributed to his just unbelievable talent level. But I think even a small part of it, just itty-bitty part of it, has to be attributed to playing against other grown men for a year before coming into the league. Yeah. So now do you think more people might do that? In his, there's not going to be – there's not another Austin Matthews just coming through. So I understand you have to be a very special case to do that. But would it be inconceivable for a potential top three pick in the next couple of years to decide, hey, you know, if I'm already I, – I could be getting paid and I could be playing against grown men over in Europe for a year instead of playing Canadian junior hockey or U.S. college hockey. Instead of being servitude in the <laughs> CHL, yeah. It's that whole agreement, again, we'll get too far afield, but yeah. I, I when, when a guy has that kind of success, absolutely. But, you know, there, there are unique circumstances with Austin Matthews. He has the body, physical maturity. Yeah. There's so many factors that helped him succeed in that situation and this situation that other players may not have. Why are you looking at me like that? No, I just, I have a, <laughs> I, no, I'm not. <laughs> just, I have a question I want to ask. No, but I mean, to Greg's point, if I'm just, I, I don't want to pick on anybody, but if I'm 5'9", 5'10", 160, I'm going to play in the juniors with other players of that size because I'm not going to be exposed. I'm not playing at the, at the elite league level in Sweden or Switzerland. Against or men. Else. Yeah, against, you're playing against men. Against, play, yeah, against men that are 10 years older than me. I, so it, a lot of it is, obviously, he's a generational talent. He's got the size to succeed. And, the, you know, teams overseas wanted him enough to pay him a significant sum of money to come play for them, too. So, I mean, that, that's a, uh, all three of those factors play a part in it. But I, I do think we'll see it a little bit more. I don't think it's going to become a trend. I mean, every time this happens in the NBA, someone says, oh, is this going to be the next trend? And then, you know, most players just go to college. He scored uh, 24 goals last year in 36 games for the Lions of, was it Zurich? Zurich. Mm -hmm. Zurich Lions. He's got 39 goals in 78 games this year. He's literally scoring a goal every other game. By the way, which American holds the record for most goals in a single season? I, I can't believe I don't know this. but well, Austin Matthews now. Is it? Is he, or he has it now? Yeah, he I, thought, I thought he broke the record this week. Did he? I yeah. somehow missed that. As a rookie? 
No, 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 period. No, no, period. Single oh, season. No, I don't know what the single season just... And, and most goals by an American-born player. Let me lay that out there, Brett Hall. But as a rookie, he definitely... I like it when you call out Brett Hall right in the middle well, of the Well, it's just... It's, so, without counting Hall, I will find... I'll have the answer for you. Well, while, while Jamie looks that up on his magical computer over there, Craig, okay. let me ask you this. Okay. Why doesn't Austin Matthews get Hart Trophy buzz? It's a good question. He's Probably fine. because he's surrounded by a bunch of guys also putting up a ton of points. But why Whereas Connor McDavid is like leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else on his team, and Edmonton has missed the playoffs for 10 straight years. Okay, but Toronto has made it, what, once in like the last 13 or something? Yeah, you know, you make it once, people tend to forget how god-awful people that franchise in Toronto has don't. been for a while. No, they don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, as much as we talk about how Connor McDavid gets... I do think it's, I think it's a factor. Look at Nylander, look at, look at Marner, look at a, a bunch of players on that roster. Why can't we say points. some of those players are putting up better numbers because of him? But it's, it goes both ways, right? Like the Artemi Panera and Patrick Kane argument, they're, they're helping each other. So it's, it's le- I think it's less clear cut than with Connor McDavid where you're just like, whoa, what would this team look like without him? They'd yeah. be frighteningly bad. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with any of that, and I do think Connor McDavid has done a lot more to, to be a more worthy Hart Trophy winner. He hates Connor McDavid. I love Connor McDavid. <laughs> We've heard my rant on this. We don't need to go into it again. But I will say this. Austin Matthews plays in Toronto, and they were the worst team in hockey last year, and they're going to finish. Intentionally. Either oh, way. Sorry. <laughs> and they're going to finish probably second in their division. I'm surprised he doesn't even get talked about. He has 10 more goals than Connor McDavid, and he plays in the Canadian market. It's not like he's playing in Nashville. I'm just surprised nobody's even brought it up. He'll just be happy with his Calder trophy and move on. Yeah, he's won that. That's not even a race anymore. Jimmy Carson. Oh, Jimmy yeah. Carson. Obviously. Look at that. I like his. Was he playing yeah, with Gretzky? The 87, then? Was Gretzky there then? I'm trying traded. to remember. I thought was they, Carson a rookie uh, or was Carson, Carson already? On no, he team. was on the... No. Uh, let's see. Was that the year for... No. 87, 88. Was that the year that he was on? Oh, boy. My All memory's right. failing. Yeah, we're going way too far back here. But Jimmy Carson. 55 goals. 55 goals. Yeah, he's not going to get there, obviously. But no, but I mean... It's that's, a different era, too. That's a different era, and... That's he did not play. He actually, he, he and Gretzky ended up swapping teams. He was right, part of the trade. Part of the trade yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's remarkable what he's doing. He's probably going to finish this year with about 40 goals as a rookie. Mm-hmm. In this era, yeah. Did we expect him to be this good of a goal scorer right away? I think people knew he was more of a goal scorer, but you never know how they're going to translate into the NHL. And he's stepping into a team that hasn't had any recent success, so... What sort of pressure is on him? What, what sort of attention is he going to face from other teams? There are a lot of variables at play here, so probably not. I don't, I don't think I would have pegged him for 40 goals. No, I don't think he would have got 40 right away. He's second place in the Rocket Richard race yeah. right now. And I wouldn't put He's only got four games left. I wouldn't put it past him to put up a hat trick in one of those games that will make this even that much more interesting. I don't know. It's, he's exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it's an I interesting argument, but I, I, if you're asking me why I think he's not getting more chatter, that would be the reason why. I just think he's surrounded with too many other players doing good things, and it's hard to sift through, okay, who's impacting whom and how much? What, are those, what do those percentages look like versus Connor McDavid yeah, with, the with ta- what? The talent gap. I mean, yeah. I mean, part of why we realize in baseball that Mike Trout is so good is because there is literally... No, he deserves every award he gets. He's the best player in baseball. But he is so much better than anybody else on his team that it is painfully obvious how good he is. And that's what you get for Connor McDavid. It is painfully obvious when his line and he himself is not on the ice of how bad the rest of that team is that you just can't help but be drawn to him. 
it's just so weird that that's not a requirement or a piece of the criteria every year. Like Alex Ovechkin has won Hart trophies. Sidney Crosby has won Hart. Patrick Kane won last year. It's the Crosby effect this year. It's not that Crosby. Crosby's the best player in the world, but since there are other really good players there, he gets artificially held down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then, in in perception, if you want to make that argument and you want to say, "I'm not going to give it to Crosby this year because the the AHL team he's playing with right now makes him better somehow," Austin Matthews to me is the happy medium between McDavid and Crosby. Matthews scores goals ten more than McDavid. He plays for Toronto, the center of the hockey universe, and he took a team. I understand that Toronto, if you took McDavid and Matthews off each other, off those teams and had them play, Toronto would win. I get that. But Toronto was in last place last year, dead last, and they're going to finish second in the Atlantic this year. And it's not all because of Austin Matthews, but it's majoritively because of Austin Matthews. I'm just surprised he's not even getting brought up. I mean, you could flip that, though, right? Edmonton could win their division this year. But McDavid's going to win. Yeah. So I'm just surprised that it's not McDavid's going to win There's and not Matthews more is at least okay. getting brought up. I don't yeah. know. Either way, it was just a, a different way to look at the uh, the season. That I, I think that would make it make for an interesting topic for FanRag Sports, don't you? A good I story do. for someone. If only to write. we had hockey writers somewhere yeah, around too bad. here. Maybe I'll do it. Hey, that's an idea. Oh, I see what you guys did there. You had okay. me. You led me to my own conclusion. I like. Look it. for Luke's story next week on FanRagSports.com. Next week, later this week, probably. Probably tomorrow. I'll, I'll write it during the show. Okay. Can we talk about the West? No. All right. Can we talk about the East? We can talk about either. I'm not as opposed to the West as Jamie is. Let's start with the West. Jamie now hates the entire Western Conference. Yeah, I do too. It's just, <laughs> well, we've, He's expanded. It's he, he hates the entire Western me. Conference and Boston and Detroit and yeah. Ottawa. Jamie's from New York. He hates everybody. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't, I'm just don't is that, know is how. Is that how he's just, you just want to let it out the and Western just Conference say is, that? Is, what a waste of a season. Do you want to just say that you hate <laughs> any team that's not from New York or... Arizona. No, I, I, there are teams in New York I don't like. He hates them, okay. too. Wow, jeez. <laughs> hey, um, Minnesota's you know, won one I can in find a row. you help if you need it. Okay. Well, become a Chicago sports fan? No, no I, I won't stoop that low. I wouldn't. Wow, okay. <laughs> you still want to help him? <laughs> Not so much. Um, well, let's make the case for a team challenging Chicago in the West. Minnesota has won one in a row, and San Jose's best players it's are getting over. harder and harder. <laughs> San Jose is missing... Two very key players, and we're not sure if they're coming back. Joe Thornton and Logan Couture. Minnesota's still in free fall. Um, Anaheim is, you know, there's there's some buzz around this team again. I keep I'm hearing analysts say Anaheim might. Uh, it's no. just I know history I here. Mean, I, mean, I, I wouldn't I be just, shocked if they got to the conference final. Yeah, it could be Anaheim. Or went out in the first round. Yeah, <laughs> maybe this is the game we should play. Who's going to get to the conference final against Chicago? Probably the question you should be asking. Is it Edmonton? You know, it, and as I was saying to you guys it's off the air, it could be. And this, I like that scenario for a couple of reasons. First, because the Blackhawks win the series. Yeah, they win in five games. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they'd win in five games. They win in but five. it feels to me, like you can see slowly, it, it, it's happening slowly. Anaheim's still at the top of that division. But you can see the powers beginning to shift in the West. Chicago's still where it is, but... There are other teams on the rise now, and Edmonton with McDavid feels like the team of the future because he's, he is a generational talent. He is that good. He is that special. So it would be cool to get a preview of that this year in the conference finals. Granted, yes, I think Chicago would win that series. Not only do they win. it could be the first of many. I can already picture the end of, like, the handshake line. Like, Chicago wins the series four games to one. A couple games are hard, hard fought or whatever. And I can already hear Doc Emmerich saying, what a wonderful lesson for young Connor McDavid. Right, right. It's like awesome. The passing. <laughs> Can you of get the, the impersonation now for the next I, show? I, I need to work on his. I don't have a good. Yeah. 
Doc Emmerich voice. I don't uh, know anyone voice. with a good Dom, Doc Emmerich voice. That would be good. But That'd I can tell you exactly what he's going to say. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. Then Chicago goes to the finals. Yeah, with Jonathan Taze stuck to him like glue for the entire series, right? Yeah. I am interested to see how McDavid, how he performs in the playoffs. Like, Does he just keep putting up points like this, or is it different when teams have two weeks to focus just on it? Good teams have it's two weeks It's a great to question, and I want to see it too. I want Connor McDavid in the playoffs. I want Austin Matthews in the playoffs. Well, I, I was talking to Corey Hirsch earlier today, and he said he wants to see these kids because <laughs> he likened it to having a toddler. He just wants to see these older teams just chase them around for an entire series. He said eventually the toddler wears down, and you, you do catch him, but you're exhausted at the end of it. It could be yeah. fun to watch. And, and I think yeah. there's a very good chance in round two we get that preview. We've get, we got Kessler shadowing Connor McDavid. And no, Kessler is not Jonathan Taves. But he's, a, he's pretty darn good, and they play a similar style. I want to see can – because if McDavid struggles against Kessler, Taves will shut him down. If he yes. flies by Kessler and it's like it's not even there, I think we're looking at a hell of a matchup in that. Again, assuming – well, obviously both teams get there. Looking right. at a very, very interesting – Center, center matchup. I feel fairly confident, and we'll do playoff if we do predictions or whatever next week. We'll preview the series, but I, I'm feeling fairly confident that the Chicago, St. Louis, Anaheim, Edmonton in the second round in the Western Conference, and I think those actually will be better series than the conference final will be. The only okay, I'm yeah, not I, off Minnesota just yet because I don't. I still don't think St. Louis is anything special. Okay, they're playing off. Do you, you want to wait another week and a half to write off Minnesota? Just, I, How about after they come here and lose to the Coyotes? In the final, it was the final game of the year? Yes. On, on Shane, Shane Down getaway night? When the Coyotes leap from 29th to 26th in the NHL standings on the last day that, of the that, season. That would be what they do. Yeah, that's getting interesting. <laughs> should, should we, we need to at least mention that the Coyotes eliminated the Kings officially. Put a pin in that for a second. Scored six on Washington and beat them 6-3. Did you just say put a pin in that? He did. I did. Okay. You just, now, now go back okay. to that pin. Okay. The Coyotes went up 2 nothing in that game against L.A. What color is the pin? In this case, it's like a, it's like okay, a I Sedona it. red. I see it. Oh, wow. Got it. I didn't think there was any way L.A. could come back once they were down 2. I think L.A. is in serious trouble going forward. They're a fundamentally flawed team with no easy solution. How often do you watch a team loaded with rookies go up 2 nothing and be like, well, this game's over. <laughs> Who's going to score on L.A.? Who? Is Dean Lombardi getting fired this summer? He probably. I really think probably- he might be. Really? They might, right? Wow. There, there's chatter. Is Daryl Sutter getting fired? Not for any. We shall see. Well, I would, honestly, it doesn't work shocked. anymore. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. We heard stuff coming out of the locker room when they were good. Yeah. Three straight years. I mean, last they year they made the playoffs, obviously, but they went meekly in the first round. Yeah. So that's three straight years of it's also just hockey. not even being a competitive playoff it's also team. It's hockey. Head coach loyalty in the sport doesn't exist. It's non-existent. It's interesting because if – I've talked to a lot of people that were shocked that LA is going to miss the playoffs, and my response is they've won one playoff game in the last three years. Yeah. People mm-hmm. don't Forget. don't remember that. You they win two cups, you get a, a reputation. Yeah. Well, and you, it's deserved. I mean, they've and won two was, cups, and it was worth it. You got two cups. Exactly, and that that's the truth the of it. Yes, of it. it was absolutely worth. I mean, they made some bad moves. All GMs make bad moves. Dustin Brown's contract Very among them, but contract. but yeah, they won two cups. So buying at the absolute peak of Be happy. Gabbert. Be happy. Yeah. Gabrick's another one. The peak of Marion Gabrick is definitely never, the name ever. of this week's show. By like the way, it. life lesson for GMs. Nope. Never pay anybody who has a hot playoff run, ever. It is, I'm waiting. When's the last time that's worked for anybody? Brian Bickle. Oh, no, wait. No, Brian no, Bickle. Mike yeah. Smith-ish. Um, Marion Gabrick. 
Thanks for that equation. This is, I mean, the immediate, like, offseason after it. Yeah. Gabrick, Bickle. I mean, there have been guys who have had great playoffs, but they just were still with their but team the star- next year. Yeah, if they were stars beforehand, that's a different story. But, like, as a free agent, like, right. oh, yes. I had a great year now. I mean, Marion Gabbert was a great player for many years, yeah, too, but so. But good, I know what you're saying. He's only good in, in, LA, in this, it, Yeah, in and, well, and this point in his career, too, it was. He was a good player in the regular season move. who had a phenomenal postseason, and they paid him like he was that postseason player all the uh, six teams, we know officially the eight teams in the playoffs in the West. We just don't know who's playing who. But the six teams that are out of it, Winnipeg, Dallas, Colorado, L.A., Arizona, Vancouver. To me, Arizona and Winnipeg are clearly the two on the way up. I don't know what the other four teams are doing. Dallas is a really weird team. Dallas, is, they're, they're stuck right now. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they do. You I, feel like you, I don't think you can give up yet. We talked no. about this before where it feels like they're a year away from being able to do something. Winnipeg's a defenseman and a goalie away from yeah. being second. Why didn't they go get a goalie? Why didn't you go? So like, were there goalies available? available? I was just, yeah, Ben Bishop. Uh, there, there were. And, and try. Yeah. They haven't even just tried. Just try. Yeah. That's the thing. I th- you can break these, in my mind, down in, into three groups. You have Colorado, Vancouver. I don't know what's going on or if they know what's going on. You've got L.A. and Dallas who are kind of stuck. And you've got Arizona and Winnipeg who are on the way up. Arizona, we've Is Winnipeg about, on the way up? Are you sure? They should be. They should be when you look at that roster, but if, something's missing. Some kind of mojo is inside. missing there. Something is missing. There's a missing ingredient, and I, I don't know what it is. But what's Goal missing in defense? I mean, well, it is. Yeah. I mean, th- well, that offense defense is some of the best in the conference. Defense shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't, but the depth is an issue. And more importantly, their goaltending is awful. That's the thing. You can't be. You can have below average goaltending and survive. You can't have awful goaltending and survive. You just can't. Arizona needs a number one center, and they could use a top-pairing right defenseman. Winnipeg needs a goaltender. Which one of those scenarios is easier to go out and fix? Sure, a goalie, without so, a doubt. at least try. Why doesn't Winnipeg do it? They There's might. going to be and, goalies and they available might, this summer, too. Right, that, that's what I was going to say. They might be able to do it this summer. You could get There's Mark been talk Andre that Vegas Flurry is going to claim like five, six goaltenders and then work trades. I, don't, I mean, they could. I mean, they could. Like they could. I, you, you're counting on teams making those trades yeah. instead of saying, okay, what are you going to do with those guys now if we don't make a trade with you? Yeah, you have six goalies <laughs> on the roster. <laughs> right. Hour, like, play I'm, not, I'm not sure about that scenario. But, yeah, there should be goalies available. And if they don't address that in they the offseason, they're, in, they they're insane. You, they're, yes. they're offensively already an elite team. Yeah. But they are so – everything else is a train wreck. It's, it's very strange. It's it, – those are the teams, though, that are on the way up, right, of the of the six, or however you want to say it. Those are the teams trending in the right direction, at least, or getting and, better. I mean, Calgary is, too. But Calgary's, Calgary's in the playoffs. We're talking about yeah. yeah. Who would you yeah. want to play in the West? If you had your choice, which team would you want to face in the first round? Right now, we were just talking about this as well. I still think I'd, if the first round's starting in a week, it's still kind of Minnesota. Is it? Okay. What about San Jose now, if, if Thornton and Couture are out of the lineups? Yeah. That team is, uh, with yeah. all due respect to Logan Couture, when he is the lead dog, the team does not play the same. Well, and if, if they're missing both those guys, then that's... Yeah, and so you're going to be down to... I mean, I mean Pavelski's a great player, but... He is, but Pavelski Pavelski is a great player. Pavelski's a great player in the sense, it, it always seems like, oh, we gotta we have to handle Thornton or Burns or Couture or whatever, All these, and then Pavelski just scores. And he just he, he gets you at the worst possible times. He's still going to get his goals, but if he's the only guy scoring, you know, Edmonton against San Jose in round one right now. And look, if Edmonton wins tonight, they jump in the first. So take all this with a grain of salt. It's very fluid. But I would take Edmonton over San Jose. It's not even San Jose at this point. It's a bunch of injured guys. 
He made to get to the conference final. Yeah, even, even in the series. Yeah, it might be leaning that way now. I'm still not sure what to expect from Anaheim. The Anaheim's going to be a tough out. For a, for a team like Edmonton, yeah. they would be a tough out because they are they know at least what the playoffs look like. And Edmonton has no clue. I mean, they've got a couple players. They do have some veteran players on that roster that might help at this time of year. But, but what is interesting, if you take Nashville out of the equation a little bit because I think they're kind of this hybrid team, but you've got the two young very talented, offensively gifted teams with not a lot of experience, and you've got the two veteran, this might be our last run as title contender teams in San Jose and Anaheim. I think that's a very interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. And the Cat Nationals in the middle, they have a mix, they have a lot of young guys, they have a mix of guys that have been there before. I mean, they have a coach that's been there before. But I kind of like that mix. We're kind of seeing the, the last stand of the old guard with the new guard at least having a puncher's chance with all their talent and right. speed being able to take them out. I've railed on this for two years now about how I hate the current playoff format, and I've said over and over again, it should just be one through eight. And even if you want to make two division winners the top two, and Craig, you said something off the air that I feel like you should at least throw out there on the air as a potential playoff (laughs) format. I've heard this before, not for hockey, but I've heard it for other sports. I love this idea, so why don't you share it with us? Craig always has these, like, this is is even better than your send every – team gets three representatives at the all-star game and we have a tournament idea this is doable i i don't know if it's doable and it and should be it, it creates some problems but the, the, what i said somewhat jokingly is that the top seed in each conference should get to choose the team it plays in the first round just pick pick the team you think ba- you match up with best now that's going to be one heck of an insult to that team oh, yeah. when you say it we think you're great. the worst team left worst team in the playoffs but whatever it, it, it still it. might be true and Whenever the XFL version of the NHL comes out, that's what they're playing. Right. It's exactly. It, but, but also, ima- imagine, the, uh, imagine the feeling when somebody like Joel Quinville says, yeah, we match up really well with you. Not only is it an insult, but it's also a huh, planting some seeds of doubt. Like, well, wow, he must not be very good because a guy who's won three cups and is considered one of the be- best bench coaches of all time thinks he can match up with us very easily. But it's, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I like it better than the current format. I well, mean, yeah, I and I wrote about it in it's my nice. column this sun- Sunday. I've talked to Barry Trotz about it quite a bit. and Yeah, it's just it doesn't, it doesn't seem like you're rewarding the team. It doesn't seem like you're rewarding the regular season when you're talking about the possibility of Pittsburgh and Columbus playing in the first round and then the winner playing Washington in the second round. That's insane. It's not a possibility. Those are That's three of the four best records. Yeah, yes. it's... Unless, you know, Washington loses. Four of, four of the five best records in hockey are still in that division, basically. And... Yeah. Two of them will play in the first round, and they will most likely play Washington in the next round. Now, I've heard the argument the other way of, well, you know, there's going to be weird years like this. That's fine. I've hated this since they went to it because we're seeing the same teams play in the first round every year. That's why I've hated it. And if you want to make the argument of, well, what's happening in the Metro is an anomaly, it's true to the extent that they're all over 100 points already. That's the anomaly. It was the same case in the Central last year. It just wasn't as extreme. All the best teams were in the Central in the West, and they all had to play each other. This is ridiculous. This should be fixed, and it's it could be fixed by next season. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, division rivalries mean so much less to me than they used to too, because the divisions have changed. We've had realignment anyway. It's most of that is dead now. The Blackhawks don't play in the same division as the Red Wings. You know, it it just doesn't mean that. If if Toronto plays Montreal, fine, I'm on board with that. That's great. Yeah, they could have played them anyway. You could still have those matchups. I just don't think it's important enough to penalize. I pronounced it that way, didn't I? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. We'll just leave that now hanging out there. But, but, right. Well, but yeah. maybe even for in the league perspective, even more importantly than fairness of their top teams, it's not compelling. It's not interesting. It really is. I, to, to me, it does, just doesn't add anything. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying your imposed rivalry. Yeah. Especially when again, oh. when it's Blackhawks Blues. Yeah, it probably means something to two, those two markets, but outside of it... But if it happens every single they would, year... If they're, that, if they're both that good where it's going to be that good of a series, they'll meet in the second round yeah, or they'll the meet in the round. third round. You know, you know why those rivalries are built? Because those teams were so good. You know, when the, We talk about the, the pie in the sky, how we build rivalries. If those teams are so good that they're meeting in the conference finals every year, that'll build a rivalry. Yeah, Chicago-LA was a great good, rivalry. They're not in the same division. Exactly. Yeah. And the way it's set up now, even if LA was making the playoffs, they'd never play it's, in the that's, playoffs. It's the same way in all sports, right? You remember the great NBA rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics because they were playing in the finals all yeah. the time. Well, that's, that's why you have rivalries. In the NBA, seeds their teams in the Western Conference one through eight and lets right. them go at it. Yeah, as, as Barry Trotz said, Barry Trotz noted that we were talking about all this in the middle of the NCAA tournament where they seed them one through whatever. Yeah. Also, yeah. there are only four NBA playoff teams. So. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's the true. other truth of this. The NBA's got other issues. They have four contenders every year. But if the NHL did it right, that would make these playoffs even that much better. So, uh, something to think about. But over in the Eastern Conference, we know five of the teams officially, four from the Metro. So what do we, at, at the time that we record this, we still have six teams fighting for three spots. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tap out Carolina and the Islanders. Islanders yep. And Tampa Bay is on life support needing to win in Boston tonight. They need to win in Boston tonight. If they win in Boston tonight, they're only two points back with a game in hand. And they're not just two points back of Boston, they're also two points back of Ottawa, who's yeah. lost five in a row. That's, see, that's the greater scenario. Because when I look at row, Boston has a lot more than Tampa Bay, so they, you know, Tampa would have to finish ahead of them, yeah. which is really problematic when you only have four games left in your season. And Boston's won five in a row, too. It's mm-hmm. not like they're falling apart. Yeah. But yeah, Ottawa's, Ottawa's becoming who we thought they were. They are who we thought so they were. That's sort of a, yeah. Yeah, that felt you sort of NFL. Dennis like. Green, yeah. Uh, what's going to happen if Ottawa misses the playoffs after this whole year where they've been it's right up to the It's going to really mess up the story I'm writing for tomorrow, which was five Canadian teams being in, and now I have to couch it. This goes back to my Senators point Senators couldn't win one more game. They lost to Detroit. My point of last week, I don't feel like... I don't feel like Canada rallies around the Senators. They're stoked that McDavid and Matthews and Toronto and Edmonton, Montreal, and, and you know, all these teams are going to make Calgary to make the playoffs. I don't even feel like they notice Ottawa. Even when they were playing better, when you looked at these four teams, I mean, they're the one team where you, at least I couldn't make a compelling argument that they were going to get to the second round of the playoffs. No. The other four, you can. Yeah. Well, one of them is probably going to play Ottawa. <laughs> There's Ottawa that. gets in. Uh, to your point off the air, too, last week, Craig, if Ottawa drops out and Tampa Bay were to get in, all 16 of the teams with a positive goal differential would be the 16 playoff teams, and all 14 of the teams with negative goal differential would be the teams that missed the playoffs. One so, of the stranger things ever. Yeah, it's like, like we talked about. There's usually uh, an outlier or two on either side yeah. of that coin, but this year, well, if Ottawa gets in, they will be the outlier, but oof, <laughs> things not going well for them right now. Do we think Tampa's done? I, I can't quite write them off. You can't until t- tonight. If they lose tonight and they have three games left, yeah. the most they can get to is 94 points. And you're you're yeah. in bad shape at that point. They have to win tonight, and they really, really, really kind of need to win in regulation. Yep. Yeah, but if they do... Can't be a three-point game. I agree. You're two points behind two teams, and you just need to catch one of them, and you're Tampa Bay, and Steven Stamkos is not playing tonight, correct? That was the last no, time I heard. Tonight. So that makes me think he's not 
that close. It does feel that way, doesn't it? It's just almost like getting the team excited, juiced at the possibility. Yeah. Yet he's still not there. Maybe if they need to win the last game of the regular season, he can step in. But how helpful is that? I mean, Either's health or he's not. Yeah. We saw this during the conference finals last year. Like, he was finally able to come back, but it was game seven. He yeah. wasn't Steven I mean, Stamkos. these games are important enough now. If he was healthy enough to, I could play if it was the playoffs, he would be out there. Yep, because this is the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, especially tonight specifically. Uh, any comments on what exactly is up with the Bruins? Is this a team that could do any damage through that division? I mean, would it shock you if Boston made the conference finals if they have to go through Ottawa and Montreal? No, not at all. Like, out of nowhere. A team that fires their coach that could still miss the playoffs as we record this with less than a week left, or they could make the conference finals. Yeah, yeah they, they got to catch Ottawa. They have to. They're, they're not getting out of the Metro. No, that's a good point. They're, they're not, not going to win a series in the Metro. You're not so beating they have to. They have to get above Ottawa. Yeah, I don't see that being a good matchup against the Capitals. I just I don't see them winning that series. They have to. And I'm all about a Toronto-Boston seven-game series in the first round. All about it. I'm all about a Toronto-Washington first-round series because Washington-Ottawa does nothing for me. I don't think Toronto's going to fall. They're playing too well right now. I need Toronto-Boston and then Tampa Bay-Washington. I'll be all about that. <laughs> Tampa Bay-Washington would be that interesting, That would be too. fun. But, Sorry, Carl. It could be Ottawa-Washington. That's what Washington's hoping, right? Washington, yeah. too. <laughs> Washington-Ottawa would be. Mercy, there, is there like a mercy rule? Before they even drop the when puck. When the first two games, 5-1, to one, can we just stop the series? Well, by then, Ovechkin will have been uh, kicked out of the league for saying he's going to the Olympics next year, so it won't be an issue. We, we almost hit on this before, but I, I do want to bring it up. We've had how many coaches fired during the season this year? Was it four? Five? We had Islanders, one fired. Blues. Over. Blues. Panthers. Panthers. Uh, Boston. Boston. There might be a fifth one. I'm Montreal, technically. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Five? Do you see very many getting fired after the, the regular season's over? It's not, it's not well, the We NFL. just talked about one with L.A. being um, a possibility. I could see Winnipeg making a coaching change. Yeah, Winnipeg. I mean, Dallas, is that possible? It's not really Lindy Ruff's fault, but I guess, I mean, you are the coach. Vancouver? Well, I think we look at Colorado. <laughs> Vancouver's the one that needs to. Vancouver, they need to not. make a choice, change. So it's they, a yeah, smart move, so Vancouver won't do it. Yeah. Colorado, I see. Dallas is a possibility. Winnipeg, yeah. L.A. Yeah. So there are a lot of possibilities. Uh, Buffalo? In the east. Buffalo? Like <laughs> like who says that? <laughs> That's, that's spelled with seven O's and a question mark. Yeah. I don't know how many teams are really... Or the Islanders do. Yeah. That doesn't count as firing your John coach. John Tavares gets the co- player coach. That'd be pretty sweet, actually. Contract extension player coach. Do you want to get into uh, listener questions? Mm-hmm. All right. I have no idea what they are. No, I personally haven't shared those with us. We're so. just going to do two. I don't. Wanna... I guess we're, we've, we've hit on Joe Thornton enough being... It's yeah. just a shame. It's just the last year of his contract. I, I imagine he'll be back... Next season in some capacity. I don't know what that's going to look like, but after the season he had last year, it's, it's sort of sad yeah. to see him going out this, this is, way. I yeah. just think the Sharks are only going to get worse. How quickly is maybe a different story. It might mm. be another slow mm. decline. Mm-hmm. But I feel a lot better about them than L.A. I don't, I don't think San Jose well, is just going to yeah, fall Yeah, but the L.A. is a train wreck. They do have Mikel Vodker. That's how many goals does he have this year? Nine? <laughs> Seriously, how many goals does he have? Has he reached double digits yet? Somebody's going to have to look that up. Uh, I'm looking up right they, now. They probably have that on the internet somewhere. You just have guarantee to you scroll down. I guarantee you. He does not have 20. I'm not Still waiting for him digits. to become a 20-goal scorer. He has nine. Nine goals. 
and, and he's but making four worry. what? But don't worry, he has sixteen. Is he making four five? What is he making? Four point five. He was don't better with the Coyotes. He's got sixteen assists. He was better with the Coyotes, but they put him in positions to be better. He's in a different role. How many points does he have on the power play? That's right, one. <laughs> it's not right. Okay. I should give an answer. Why is Jamie getting mad at me about Mikel Bacher's stats? They could use him right now without Joe Thornton. Step up. Is, so Thornton, we think is back next year though with San Jose. With San Jose? I don't know in what again. I don't. I, I think he's back in the NHL. I, yeah. I don't know if that's he with San Jose. He certainly has the ability to, to be. He certainly is still a quality player. Okay, say Joe Thornton comes back for the playoffs. San Jose still goes out early. Why would you resign him at that point? I still wonder. I mean, he's been a good soldier about it's it. It's just four million from Mikel Bacher, by the way, not but four they, five. Okay. Yeah, he's been a good soldier about it. But a year and a half ago, they cut his knees out from under him very, very publicly. Oh, but the narrative is he, he's actually happy about that. He did, you know, it's taking yeah. the pressure off oh, of him. Oh, I'm sure he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, very I publicly. I don't think he's happy about that. I don't think, he, not, I think it's a lock that he comes back and says, no, San Jose is where I need to be. I don't know about that. What sort of team does he fit oh, my for? God. It all depends on what he's looking for. If he's looking for money, not many. Okay. Because there are a lot of teams that are... Yeah. Just cap strap. But if he wants to go to a contender and say, hey, I'll play on a one-year contract to chase a cup, I can think of a couple teams that might go after him. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Let me, let me flip it around. One million third line make, center for Joe, the Joe, yeah, we're going to make your, our third line center. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll play, we'll play we're losing Marcus Kruger, but we're going to take Joe Thornton for oh, a year. This is horrible. And he gets to chase a cup. It all depends on what he wants, right? I have no yeah. idea what he wants. Well, but, I would think he wants a cup. But that would be you a would pretty think. cool scenario. Pop him in behind Disagree. Artem Anisimov. Just saying. Strong pass on that one. I would rather he... Yeah, he's uh, a strong passer. Good call. I, w- I would rather he went into real estate than was the Blackhawks' third line center. Did we talk year. about this, by the way, how the Blackhawks tried... What, what, did, what did they try to take their players? Did they try to take them to the Super Bowl? Oh, And it was shot this. down by the league as a, sort of a circumvention of the salary oh, cap. Oh, wow. They call like a, did you see that? What they, no, but what they like? The NCAA? Is impermissible hey, here's, here's what some, someone made this point to me. donuts in the locker room? Someone made not, this point to me. They, they, they almost wondered whether the Blackhawks knew it would be shot down, and yet it sends a message to the league, to free agents, to whoever. Look at what they try to do for their players. It's, it's the way you get treated here. Wow. It's, that's I would, so deep. It, 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 it seems, yeah, it seems a little too calculated to well, me. But. And you don't, I mean, if you're the Blackhawks, if you're any team that's, that's contending for a cup every year and has won them, you're not just getting there and falling flat every year, do you really need to appeal to potential free agents? Like, if there's a player that wants to win a cup and money isn't the issue, this is terrible because Joe Thornton fits this, and this is not where I intended for this conversation to go at all. But that's the sort of player that he's not going to look at Chicago and be like, oh, I wonder how they treat their players. He's going. It just tries to, re- it just reinforces it, doesn't it? Yeah. Boy, that's awful. I haven't even seen the story. Somebody just mentioned this to me. I'm wondering if it even came out or if this was just somebody with inside information. This, this feels like a, a dream that Craig had. No, it was definitely an, uh, an NHL official who told me this. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, they missed a good Super Bowl. Listener question. Right, so, so in a league that you have compliance buyouts and Alexi Yashin and DPH are making money until they're 800 years old, going to Super Bowl is impermissible. Did you, did you see Rick DiPietro's... Uh, jacket the other night on no, Hockey Night Canada. Yeah. Glad to see what he's spending all of the Islanders' money on. <laughs> well, based on the look of it, he wasn't spending very much. It looked like it cost him about two ninety nine. Or just like him, Yashin, and Bobby Bonilla just sit around like smoking cigars and reminiscing about all the money they make to do literally nothing. The di- who's the di- pitcher the Diamondbacks are paying? Zach Greinke? He's still no, playing. No, 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 not, not him. Oh. Someone before him. I'm blanking now. Is it, was it Russ Ortiz? 
No? Let's move on. All right, fine. Craig always wants to talk about baseball. It's just the way he is. Sorry. Can I get to the listener questions, please? If you have more after that, we can go back to sure. whatever you guys want to talk about. <laughs> listener question. It sounded very bestie. <laughs> Number, oh, don't. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to cut all this out. Start on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if this is the guy's real name or not because it's Twitter, but it's at Eldon underscore Barton. Okay. Okay. He's going to bring this logo. I was hoping it would be something like at Dragonslayer74. I don't know if that's his real name or not, but... <laughs> If you're out there, Dragon Slayer 74, please write into the show. <laughs> Preferably with a question about the Las I'm Vegas. Let's see if that handle's taken now. Whoever covers Dragon Bender in the, uh, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, he's not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right. The question is. By the way, Dragon Slayer underscore 74 is already claimed. What about on Twitter? Straight Four followers, but. Can, yeah. we, can we ask him a question? <laughs> can we text him and be like, hey, what do you think about the collective bargaining agreement in relation to. I don't know. I'm NHL a little creeped out by his avatar, so I'm not sure I want to make contact. Is it a picture of you? Well, I'm not sure what it's a picture of. What does that look like to you? Uh, that looks like bad dreams. Yes. In, in That's one what I was picture. thinking, so <laughs> let's, let's not bring him in. I hope. Now I'm not so sure. I want him to listen. When does Dave Tippett's coaching seat get hot? Not often team misses playoffs five years in a row and keeps coach. So this is, this, one. this is bump, set, and now Craig can spike. This, this is first reply on every story Craig Morgan tweets about the Coyotes. So we'll tee it up for you. Okay. Okay. Boy, I... Do you want me to send you in a direction? If sure, because it's just, there's just so much background to that. I, the, the, the point that I always get back to is... The Coyotes are in year one, year one of the new hockey operations department. Dave Tippett finally has a hand in some decisions he wanted a hand in before but did not have. So you you start from that point. You start from the start of this season, know that they finally embraced the approach that they needed to embrace, and now you look for growth. If this team isn't competing for a playoff spot next season, that's problematic. Okay. Now, that, that also has to do with what they do in the offseason, right? They have to make some moves to address the center position, most notably. But they need to take steps forward. So at the end of next season, you can look at him a little bit and say, okay, has this team moved forward under Dave Tippett with the approach that they've had in place for two years now? At the end of the season, no. You're just one season in. And again, when you look at all the ways this franchise has been hamstrung, over the years, and some of this predates, a lot of this predates this one year for Dave Tibbet. but when you look at the scouting deficiencies that they had, that, that impacts your draft, so you can't do that. When you look at the financial deficiencies they had, you can't sign free agents. When you're facing all those kinds of obstacles, you, you can certainly look at the coach, but how do, you, how do you point the finger and say, the coach doesn't know what he's doing? Like There are people that are freaked out that he's sitting Clayton Keller for a game or two and it, that, that just underscores for them that Dave Tippett doesn't know what he's doing. This is exactly what you do do in development. You play your rookies a bit. You pull them back. Let them observe. This, this is how it works, folks. This is how other organizations do things, too. It's not, it's not a sign that he doesn't know what he's doing. They're finally executing a plan. If it doesn't work in a couple seasons, fine. Yeah, he deserves to blame, get some blame for it, but we just don't know yet. Yeah, I think that the, the looking at Tippett's tenure, it's such a strange, wild ride for so many different reasons. And it is. Very few of them are because of anything he has or hasn't done. You know, he comes in with a team that had no business, mm-hmm. no business winning 35 games and won 50. 
they made the playoffs three straight years to begin his coaching and with no owners. With no ownership, with a team, let's be honest, on paper, it had no business being as good as it was. Well, and Either I think of those three seasons. Most people would agree. I agree with that, that he got the absolute most out of his team each of those three years. The team that went to the Western Conference Finals, I don't even think was as good as the team the year before. The I agree Boston. with you the there. The year before that. That yeah. was the weakest of the three years of the teams that he had. So you buy yourself some equity when you do something like that. You're right. It's been a weird situation. I understand why people look. I mean, people can look at this and they can say, the second Dustin Penner scores that goal, to eliminate the Coyotes in the Western Conference Finals. Since that point, Daryl Sutter's won two cups. Dave Tippett hasn't been to the playoffs, and Daryl Sutter's going to probably get fired this summer. But it's two entirely different situations. It's yes. extremely different situations. Here's how you, here's how I evaluate a coach, in my mind. Because, again, without being in – especially when it's away from Phoenix and not in the locker room, you're just trying to evaluate what's going on. What is my expected level of success for the team? What's the roster? What the actual result is. Yeah. And so far, as a whole – if you could look at his whole tenure, it's above what I would expect. If you look at just the non-playoff years, it's not really below what I would expect. The rosters the Curries have put out there, each of the last three years in particular, mm-hmm. are not playoff rosters. In the two years one. before that, if you remember, yeah. they're right in the playoff race. And Mike Smith gets hurt that one year, they probably make the playoffs and that season. And they didn't, on paper, they weren't playoff team those seasons either. That's nope. the thing. People are nope. looking and they're seeing the Coyotes near the bottom of the standings each of these last three years. It. They haven't been at the bottom of the standings five straight years. They were right on the verge of the playoffs, those first first two coming out of the Western Conference Finals. And for that, right. the person that they felt was primarily responsible is no longer in the organization. Yeah. That move was made. I think the, the, the point then to get to, and Craig, you kind of touched on it, is when, when would it become a concern? If they were down near the bottom of the league again next year, then I think it does. Yeah, then, I'd, then you I'd be concerned. Then. There's, yes. there's, there's no improvement. Between right. this year and next year, you start to say, okay, now you're, a lot of the blame is going to start to shift on the coaching. But we agree that there's been fair, I think, I, and maybe this doesn't show up in the standings yet, but I I mean, I guess it doesn't. They have the second worst record in the league, but that was earned in the first half of this season. In the sure. second half of the season, they're, they're almost middle of the pack if you just take everybody's record in the mm-hmm. second half of the season. I would season. caution that judging a team that's out of a playoff race is not an entirely fair comparison because there's less pressure. Yeah, and, I mean, that's and fair. That's something you've mentioned before. Dave Tippett says all the time. Yes. Where it's, yeah, it's, a lot, it's easier to win when there's no pressure on you. But don't you feel like there has been improvement from last year to this year? Even just Maybe it's just a simple fact I, that I we now know, know who if, the players are. I don't know if there necessarily has been, but... But this is your team. Now you have core pieces that you well, know Well, that's the thing. How many... Yeah. First or second year player, did they have playing this year, playing significant roles? Seven you, rookies in the lineup the other night. Right. You can't... If you expected this season to be better than last season based on that fact alone, you're crazy. You're crazy. You just don't understand the way the game works. And, and I think some of this, and again, it's, an, it's a fair, absolutely fair question to ask, but I think the issue with the, you look again, you look at these Coyotes teams, is I don't think people understand how talent poor, not potential, but how talent poor the teams the last few years have been. And the system. Yeah. The system was talent poor, too. And so you have to build up the system as well. To, and it takes yes. a while to build that up. And I think people have, be, partially because of what Tippett's been able to do with less than adequate pieces around him before, there's an expectation that the team is better than it actually is. Yeah. Uh, and I would say if you put this team with, with another coach, maybe let's just go with Colorado's coach, not oh, to pick boy. on him, but okay. you, the results would be drastically worse these last few years than they have been. I think we're going to – I think even people that aren't around the team every day are going to get a better sense of how good Dave Tippett is at developing players next year because 
Christian Dvorak has developed leaps and bounds over the course of the year. Lawson Kraus has gotten better. Jacob Chikrin has gotten better. People forget that Max Domi is a second-year player. I yeah. get that Anthony Duclair has taken a huge but, step back, but, but... He's the only one of the names... Kraus uh, uh, aside. The only one of those other names in there. And if we throw in Mark Duck in there, we throw Dauphin in there a little bit. We Toby throw, Reader's really young still. Yeah. But you look at the guys like... And again, Duclair, we don't know what he'll look like next year. But yeah. all those other pieces were in organization pieces that Tippett had a hand in either in the draft process or developing that have grown into it. He took Jordan Martinook, who was a second-round pick, who scored a bunch in the WHL, but everybody scores in WHL, and turned him into a hybrid player that can play three positions and keep up with the best of them. And a great penalty killer. Uh, And and a a dominant penalty killer. He took a Tobias Reeder outside the organization, but a guy that Edmonton gave up on, and they traded a face puncher that can barely skate, and they got a, a valuable piece <laughs> for Tobias Reader. I like the face puncher thing. I mean, Max, Max Domi has escape. turned into a, a hell of a player. Christian yeah. Dvorak yeah. is turning in. I mean, so the guys that they've drafted recently and have been through their system are working. That's the thing. There's so many signs of development, and I don't know how you fail to see it when you... Again, if this team has a Connor McDavid, how, how do we talk about this team? If this entirely team different. Matthews, That's the missing Jack piece. Eichel. And if, if people want to compare this team to Toronto or Edmonton and say, how come we can't do what they're doing... Duh, because they have Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. And if you put that piece at the top of this lineup and filter down the centers from there, this team would look entirely different. If Connor McDavid, I don't want this to sound crazy, but if Connor McDavid was on the Coyotes right now, you got to remember, nobody that's playing right now wouldn't be on the team. It would be Dylan Strome that's not on the team. Maybe he's fine, but he's not on this team this year. If Connor McDavid is on this team this year, are we not talking about the Coyotes the same way we're talking about Edmonton? Of hey, maybe they could come out of the Pacific and be playing Chicago in the Western Conference Finals. We have more weapons around Probably. Him here. The Coyotes are a better team than the non-McDavid Oilers. Significantly. That's all I need to say about that. Imagine Connor McDavid <laughs> playing with all Max I have Domi. To say about it's, that. It's, it's a whole different story. Could you, if you if you put that type of talent at at the top center position? With, in Tippett's system, with everything else going on, with, again, when Mike Smith has been healthy, tell me that that's not a better t- that's not a significantly better team than Edmonton. Yeah, and with the Pacific as, as wide open as it is, we wouldn't be having any of these conversations. That's out of Dave Tippett's control, obviously. The one last thing on this question, we'll get to another one. What you said, Craig, you know, this is really year one of how you can evaluate this new regime. And I think that goes for John Chica too, and nobody asked about him. But, you know, you hear, you hear people... He's the GM now, so he's going to get he's going to get uh, he's going to get put in the crosshairs when the team doesn't make the playoffs. The sample size on John Chyka is too small. Yeah, I like everything he's done so far. Now, I I know the comeback is going to be like, well, they paid Alex Goligoski a lot of money. He hasn't been and great. James McGinn. Yeah, that's so fine. Free agents have been met, but I think there's. It's not like that money was going to be spent on some amazing player that they passed on. I'm evaluating him on a trade where they gave up nothing to get Jacob Chikrin and gave up nothing to get Lawson Kraus. So far, so good on him. It's a very small sample size, but to your point of this being year one, you got to judge those guys starting this past summer going forward. Here's the wild card in all of that. With Andrew Barraway exploring, buying out the other minority owners, you could see a shakeup in this organization again. And then, then what are we talking about? I have no idea at that point what anything looks like. Yeah, and if stuff happens behind the scenes, that's always the X factor. It's the wild card in anything. See, I don't want shakeups. This, this to me is, it, we talked about Shake-up teams. might be too strong of a word, but even if it is, the thing is, is you're, that's stuff you can't account for. But for hockey reasons, there's no reason to give up on Dave Tim. How, how many times in the past have we talked about other teams on the show and saying, okay, now 
I know we said it with Edmonton at a certain point, and they went out and traded Taylor Hall anyway. But now you've got your team. Stick with it. See where you can go. You can't keep switching things up. The Coyotes, to me, are now in that spot. This is your group. Next year, you're going to add Clayton Keller and maybe Dylan Strom, but you're not... And Christian Fisher. Probably yeah. be here full-time. But you're not adding seven rookies next year. Now you've got your core, and you're going to add one or two or maybe three rookies in. It's You're not winning the cup. You're not putting together a team that's going to win the cup unless you bring in John Tavares somehow. But you're, you now have your group. You still got to get a center. But, yeah, you well, need John a center. Tavares is the center. Center and yes, tangible signs of progress. That's what you're going for. Fair enough. All right, you ready for another one? Mm-hmm. This one's longer. So this one is from Greg, and this was to our email. If that address. is your real name. So he knows, he knows <laughs> maybe you're Dragon Slayer 74. Um, what does Greg Dillard want to know? He, uh, it's not Greg Dillard. No. Shout he, out to Greg Dillard, by the way. He, uh, <laughs> very odd shout out to Greg Dillard. How am I going to read this and still talk into the microphone? I don't know. That's what, a long question. This. Can we read, read it? it? Oh, my God. Is it a pair? Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see. I'm on the other side of the room, so. Well, we no. keep you over no, there I'm for totally a letting you read uh, it. How about this? You guys talk for a second. Come up with something important to talk about, and I will parse How about this down. coffee today? Uh, yes. I can't leave you guys in did, charge did, did, for two Did they seconds. get your order correct this they time? They did. It's like they two actually, last three times they've messed up. They have. I got whipped cream one time. I got... Yeah. I got your vanilla flavoring in my well, you're latte another time. You're very welcome for that. Mm-hmm. But also, who puts whipped cream on iced coffee? Now, I get like the, the frappuccino type coffees or even the hot coffees. I don't understand the iced coffee whipped cream thing. You guys, that was awful. I, I, we did fill airtime, though. So, is this called airtime? Really not. It was until I left of. and all the air went out of the room. Okay. So this is from Greg M. So not Greg Dillard. Maybe Greg Millard. Um, it's, uh, it's Greg M. Season ticket holder. You're not fooling us, Dillard. You're not fooling us at all. Greg Maddox. Greg, is, Greg is, Maddox. Is, I was going to call him Greg Maddox. Greg it's Maddox uh, emailing the show. He probably lives in Scottsdale at this point. Every, Everybody lives in Scottsdale. Every other athlete does. Uh, season ticket holder for the Coyotes. And I apologize for not reading the whole email, Greg, but I don't know how that would play on the air. But basically his question was, he thinks the Ducks are going to be squeezed at the expansion draft. He thinks those are going to be one of the teams. Well, they have a so surplus of defensemen, so yeah. it's probably true. So the two names he throws out, and I don't know if they would be able to get the first one, but Ryan Kessler or Sammy Vatanen. And then the second part of his question, Sammy well, I'll Vatanen. let you talk about that first, and I'll and get to the second part. Silverberg could also be in that mix there. I mean, his thought is Vatanen. He's obviously approaching this as they need a center and a defenseman, so could you get one of them from Anaheim? Vatanen's more likely. Correct. Uh, I, yeah, I can't imagine yeah, I can't them going imagine after Kessler at this point. Although, talk about a player that would fit. But just fit, but, I mean, his age, so That's, yeah. what do you do? His contract is. Yeah, you can't give up the moon for him. I, I don't know who they're going to. I think uh, uh, they don't want to lose Manson, but I don't know. I, I can't. Sammy Vatten, I, I wouldn't give up on him. No, I but to, to me, Anaheim has five yes. good defensemen. Well, but None you can't keep great. all of them. None of them are you bad. can't keep them all. You're but correct. they're just, they're, they're good. Okay, but even Maybe. if it's not Vatanen, is that is Anaheim? I mean, you guys both instantly said that's a team that has. They're definitely vulnerable on defense. Yeah. They they have too many guys to protect. They simply can't protect the guys that they'd like to protect. So that's a team to target, correct? I mean, absolutely. How much is the fact that they're in the same division? Does that play into it, or does that go out the window when it's the expansion draft and you want to get something for guys? Well, I think you have to leave all options open when also, you're trying to get something in return for for yeah. an asset. Isn't Las Vegas going to be in this? I'd be there. yes in the same division. So you're going to lose them in division anyway. I don't think you can worry. About <laughs> but you're not worried about Vegas doing any damage. No. But you're oh, about I'm sorry. Phoenix. They're going to be very competitive right out of the gate, according to the standard line you get from even GMs. No, they're not. They're no. going to be awful. They're going to be slightly better than the average. 
expansion garbage team. expansion team. But I, so better than the Islanders were when. Better than the Islanders are now. Better than, is that than what Colorado I heard? Avalanche are. Okay. Uh, we need to do so like Vegas, uh, Vegas gets more points next year than Colorado has this year. Yeah, yes, we can put together a team and have more than forty-three so the, points. The Ducks have to protect Bieksa, right? Yeah, they have no move. Yes, they have to protect. They don't want to lose Manson. By the way, so, the Coyotes are going to be yeah. in an actual a phenomenal position. Yeah, heading into this. Yeah, because they don't have to protect anybody because they're all. And we've seen Chica already taking yeah, maybe maybe Sammy Botnin. I don't. I don't know. I'd take Sammy Botnin. If you're the Coyotes or if you're Anaheim. Or just whoever. No, if you're the Coyotes, I'd, I'd like to have Sammy Vaughn. Yeah. I, li- I like his game. I, I'll direct anybody to... He's a right-handed defenseman. They yeah. kind of need one of those. Well, yeah, and that's... So. I mean, if you start to look at what they have, they have to protect Bieksa. They're going to want to protect Fowler, uh, Lindholm. So there's three already. So mm-hmm. if you protect any more, then you're cutting down to just eight skaters. Yeah. Also heard they don't want to lose Manson. So if, you don't, if they don't want to lose Manson, well, then that's four defensemen. And that doesn't even account for Sammy Vatnin. Is Anaheim really going to protect five defensemen? I they're not. No. You know why they're not? Because they have to protect Perry, Getzlaff, and Kessler. Yep. So they're not going to lose Ricard Raquel, who's basically a 30-goal scorer yep. every year now, or Silverberg. So you could go 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, you probably, you probably, oof. yeah, they're in a bad spot. Yeah. They might be in the worst spot. They have to go 5-3, don't they? Or uh, not 5-3, 7-4. Uh, four, four. Four, four. Well, who are you exposing up front then? If, if you go 4-4, four, four, you're exposing Silverberg. Silverberg. Yeah. Um, but, but you're still exposing either Manson or Vatanen or Fowler or Lindholm on the back end that way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a great point. As much as we hear about these other teams, they're going to be hurt by the expansion draft. Anaheim's the one that seems to be... Oh, they've been mentioned. I think a lot of people mentioned it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's for a different reason, for, because of their defense, the, the situation they're in. Because if you could go, if you could protect your full allotment of forwards and only have to protect yeah. three defensemen, you'd be okay but they don't have that option. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because one of those guys is going to be playing for Vegas and one of those guys is going to be playing for someone else probably because they'll try and make a trade to get some kind of asset for him. If they really want to keep Manson, who's an RFA, in 2018, so, I mean, he's there. They, they're going to want to keep him. Yeah, why wouldn't you try and pounce and get Vatanen or Silverberg? But, I mean, there's a good chance both of them would be available. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Any other teams? That This was the second part of his question. If, if it's not Anaheim, is there another team that you think that the Coyotes or whoever could uh, try and attack before the expansion draft? I know well, Columbus and Minnesota are two of the teams know. that everybody mentions. They're not have. nearly as bad off as Anaheim. Now no, that I look at this. I, I thought Columbus, like Carlson's going to be the worst or the best player yeah. available for Columbus. They, they were worse off a year ago at this time, and then they kind of made some adjustments and fixed things. But... Uh, I mean, they, they still could lose a, a key piece. Minnesota could as well, but yeah, Anaheim's the worst I've seen so far. I, I also think not so much that they can't uh, protect the players they want, but the more I look at the Rangers, the more I think that's a team you might be able to make a trade with. And maybe they want to protect somebody outside of their – maybe they're willing to protect somebody outside of their list of 10 players if you want to trade for one of their 10 players they were going to keep because they've, they've got some depth now among – Surprising, but they've done this among some younger players they might want to hold on to. Yeah. So those would be the main teams. Yeah. Also, maybe, you know, trade for Matt Murray. <sighs> really want to end on that note. I really don't have anything more to add. You, just, you really want to hurt me like that before we sign off. All right. Gentlemen, this was fun. Next week, uh, playoff preview, correct? Yes. That's right. We'll do it on a Tuesday, right? Just like today? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Regular season ends Sunday. Mm-hmm. Playoffs begin Wednesday. Correct. So you Wednesday, sh- Thursday, and Friday. 
show you, you should have the uh, the playoff preview episode eighty. Nice round number for the playoffs uh, next next Tuesday, I would say. All right, for Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. <laughs>